0: Uh, What is it, Farmer John or Farmer Joe, the assistant coach, who no one can understand?
1: (laughs)
2: A.K.A. (laughs) A.K.A. Ed Orgeron. (laughs) He knows how to win. (laughs) We will be perfect in every aspect of the game. You drop a pass, you run a mile. You miss a blocking assignment, you run a mile. You fumble the football, and I will break my foot off in your John Brown hind pops. And then you will run a mile.
1: Welcome to another edition of No Brains, No Headache Podcast. This is episode 17. I'm your host, Jordan, and I'll be joined shortly with my co-host, Matthew. On today's show, we announce our giveaway winner, so sit tight. We'll get to that shortly. We had an interview with Raiders superfan Scar. It is the 2020 NFL kickoff this week, so we celebrated with that. And he joined us for Olympics of Football Movies. We bring back thoughts and prayers this week, and then we're going to wrap this puppy up with mini helmet fantasy football. I am excited for it. I hope you are too. Let's get it on.
2: a big, beautiful What you. F***ing going? Are you your f***ing mind?
0: all right. This week's winner of the Buffalo Wild Wings giveaway is WD Bartelt. Bartlett.
1: Bartelt. Congrats. Go Skins. Time for our guest this week. He is a Raiders superfan who has resided in North Dakota, Alabama, Florida, and California. You can follow him on Twitter. His handle is Scar Raider. That's S-C-A-R-R-A-I-D-3-R. So here it is.
0: Well, I did see a conversing with Marlon's man on Twitter, like, last year.
2: Dude, that's my guy, man. (laughs) Lawrence. Love that guy. He, uh... He's awesome. He, um, Have you met He's come down to, yeah, a few times. Um, he bought, the first time I met him, he bought tickets. Um. was an impulse buy. Somebody I know talked him into going. So the Warriors played the Cavaliers, I believe it was. Yes. Uh, finals preview, Christmas Day, 2015 at the Oracle Arena, which is, you know, same parking lot as the Oakland Coliseum. And somebody said, dude, the Raiders played Broncos. This might be the last game in Oakland the night before at the Coliseum. You should go. And we thought, like, somebody said that to him, like, jokingly. They said, yeah, you should sit black hole, too, which most black hole seats are sold out, like, years in advance, and you I would have a hard time buying the seats that I know almost everybody in the first three rows. And somehow, within an hour, he had seats row one in the black hole. I don't know how. (laughs) Uh, Just like right there the next night. So he ended up right in front of me. And then he came back.
0: Was he dressed
2: last year?
0: All Marlins gear.
2: Oh, if you watched that game. There's an overhead shot before kickoff and I believe it's Jim Nance coming in. This says, we're live from what might be the last game in Oakland and you look down and it's an overhead shot from the blimp. You can see him from the blimp. it's just He sticks out so much. Um, so yeah, he, he met we met 2015 and then I can't remember if I've seen him twice or three times since, but he was at the Raiders Chargers Thursday night game last year. And he bought a bunch of seats in the end zone and just like moved a few people that he talked to down. I mean, I was already like four feet from the, one of the seats he bought. He's like, yeah, if you want to move into it. But I was like, my seat's right here anyway. So
0: yeah.
2: it didn't really make a difference, but – yeah, he's, like, the nicest guy. And it's funny because, you know, he's, he's on TV all the time. And I think the thing with Twitter is a lot of people just assume he'd be an asshole. So, yeah, he's, just, he's on TV all the time. And must have money because he's, he doesn't only just go to these games. He sits front row. But he's nicest guy. Like, the nicest guy you could ever meet. And, uh like, really just an open book. That's the other thing, too. Like, you can just ask him whatever really laid back. He doesn't have, like, the I'm better than you attitude. So, it's fun to talk to him.
1: For sure. Do you know uh, Gorilla
2: Rilla? Oh, that's my guy. <laughs> uh, I was invited to his wedding. Missed it by six days.
1: <laughs> did
0: he get married was, in the Gorilla Rilla costume?
2: He did. He did do a full wedding in the gorilla costume. Um is it was his anniversary, uh like a week ago is all. Oh Jesus! And well, like ESPN came out and stuff. Yeah. ESPN came out and they did this thing on it and stuff. It was a big deal. They had a bunch of people there. The Raiderettes showed up, so he had like he had the aisle lined with a bunch of people and then like at the very end towards the altar was the Raiders. so it's like huge deal
1: that's awesome would you say that's the biggest Raiders fan like ever right now or
2: where do you I mean
0: are, are you in the top are, 10 top 20 where do you think you're at
2: uh I have no idea um Depends on the criteria.
0: Well, everyone in the black hole is an absolute super fan. So, I mean, if if you're, yeah. if you're in that conversation, I think you're doing something
1: well.
2: <laughs> yeah. And the thing, too, with Rilla is he's you know, he's the same way where it's, like, the nicest guy you could ever meet. Um, I know, like, I've been around him on the road. He's gone to a number of different road games um we sat in kansas city side by side uh one year and like even chiefs fans they want to give it to him but there's just something about the guy he's just i don't know he's one of my favorite people to be around
0: i think it's kind um I- conception about like the whole raiders in general is that they're like the bad guys of the nfl but in reality It's maybe one or two bad eggs over the years.
2: Yeah. And what's funny too is right around the time. (laughs) Yeah. I think if you look, uh, if you look on the field, you have a hard time finding a longer rap sheet than Cincinnati's over the last 10, 15 years. And then what's ironic is uh, don't know necessarily recently, but when you looked right around the time the Niners got pretty decent, um, like circa 14, 15, um, right after their Super Bowl run. So right after the Super Bowl run and before they left for Santa Clara, I don't think there was a more uh, dangerous place to go for a game than candlestick at that point in time. It was just like I mean they had they had to stop the Raiders Niners preseason games. It just got out of hand, and like I know there was a, I mean Viking fans they're hard to hate. So they're just so easygoing and stuff somehow there was a stabbing at a Monday night football game. Yeah. With the Vikings and Niners. It's like, how can there be an issue between you two? That's so heated. <laughs> yeah. That you feel the need to stab somebody. It's Midwest like at that, nice that point it was really like
0: talk shit about them. and then... it,
2: Yes. I mean, I was just there last year. Just like some of the most easygoing fans, easy to get along with. And there's a stabbing on Monday night football. So at that point, I think that's when people realize, like, I think it is the Niner fans that happen to be the issue here. Because if they're stabbing Vikings fans, there are some deep-rooted issues there. And it was funny because it was after all these years of, oh, the Raiders are the bad guys. Don't go over to the Coliseum. Don't go to Oakland. If, if your team comes to San Francisco, go to that one. It's like, yeah, for what? Get stabbed?
0: Uh, How did you become a Raiders fan?
2: Honestly, it was channel surfing. So I had watched the 99 Super Bowl, Rams-Titans, and had no clue what was going on. Just knew, like, there's a lot of guys running around. And I, I kind of pieced it together by the end of the game like what was going on, what the general idea of it was. And when the Titans fell six inches short, I mean, it was just like this close at that point for me, it was like, I turned around to my mom and says, this really over. And I'd get another chance and that's it. And, um, from there, it's like, wow, I just watched that whole event come down to like that much. And, I went hardcore, got my first Madden game, and got the 2000 box set that offseason. And then the next season came around. I was like, I don't really have a team yet, but I know I'm going to be into this. So what was funny was I barely knew what an offsides play looked like, but I knew what, like, the – Falcons backup fullback. I knew his name. So it's just, it was a really odd path into it. Well, then, um, from there, I would watch every week, and I was living in South Florida. So because we had an AFC team in the Dolphins, an NFC team in the Bucks, those were the early games. And then the afternoon game was best matchup. Well, 99 2000, um, the Raiders were on TV almost every week. I mean, even living in South Florida, it was kind of a case like the Patriots of recent where it's like, you don't even need direct TV to watch the Patriots. If you live like, especially on the West coast, you're going to get to watch them every Sunday anyway. Cause they're going to be that odd team out like out here. It's, Raiders late, Niners late, but the early game is like best game of the day, which best game somehow just ends up meaning the best team at the time. So it ends up being like more often than not a 49-7 to Patriots over the Jets blowout. And that was supposed to be the game of the day. But because of that, the Raiders were on a lot and they were playing the Niners week six, I believe it was. And it was best game I'd watched today, Raiders won in overtime there was something about the logo and just the look right I said that's that's it because I had watched my thing up until that point was wrestling and you know, NWO was big at the time so the black and white just immediately sold me so everybody everybody wants to always chop it up to ah it's because they were black well at that point in time it wasn't hundred percent sure about the whole home and road uniforms. So I, they were wearing white that day. So the day I was like, this is my team. They're actually wearing white, but it was just, it was the whole look.
0: I think the Raiders were the first ones to wear like a black Jersey. And then it seems like every other team, their alternate kind of turned into that black Jersey.
2: Yes. The the um, and then yeah. Cause they just barely predate the saints. And actually what was funny was the original Raiders color scheme was the saints. It was like a off yellow light gold look, And then they went to silver and I want to say it was 66, 66 or 67. And from there, that was the Raiders. I want to say the saints came around in 70 and that was the only other team to wear black. Clear up until, yeah, I think pretty much until the uh, the rise of the black alternate uniforms. Which some of them, you know, i'll give them credit. Like uh, the one that pops out, um, Panthers. Like that black, teal and uh, silver. Just it has a unique look. But then you get ones, yeah, like that. Just they don't make any sense. Um, like the Niners, the all black uniform, that just makes no sense to me.
0: I think it's, I've always you said, kind me, of resent the 49ers a little bit, being a Raiders fan. I think
2: that could be part of it, but I've always had this rule, like across sports, where it's like, if it's not on your team's color wheel, it's a no for me. Like, no matter what you do with it, if you're just pulling colors out of the sky and throwing them on your uniform, it's just, I don't know just doesn't look right.
1: It's going to be a no for me, dog. So as we know, the NFL season kicks off in two days from the interview with the rest of the games on Sunday. So two-part question. First part, how excited are you? Second part, how are the Raiders going to do in Las Vegas for the very first season?
2: Um, to answer the first part, I am juiced. Um, I've loved uh, hockey and basketball, to restart. It's, it's been all right. With those two, for me, it's been like, you know, we got four months of this before everything fell apart. So I had kind of gotten my fill of each. Um, Baseball, there was the labor negotiations that just were a complete mess. Um, Because of that, you almost the whole time, you're thinking like any second now, they're going to say this is just not going to happen. The NFL you held out the same, you had the same reservations up until about the last two weeks where it's like, this is really going to happen in the last two weeks or so for me, it's like, we're going to get a full season. I mean, really the only thing not happening is the fans in the stands for the most part. But even that, uh, a lot of teams are having fans in the stands and some small uh, portions of what capacity would be at each venue. But, I'm juiced. You get the full schedule, you get uh, football with just no reservations and um, it should be, it should be fun. It Top to bottom, the league looks pretty wide open this year just because I think if anything, you've noticed with baseball, like, these different circumstances, albeit not, That much different, but just a little bit has been enough to throw teams way off that look like they were World Series balanced. Because of that, that I don't think you can put anything in ink with the NFL yet. I think you got to see the teams take the field, and from there you see what happens. Um, As for the second part, I'm pretty excited. It's a new-look team. I mean, we got a Monday Night Football booth right there and waiting on the sideline. You got Gruden, you got Witten. I don't know what else you want. Yeah, seriously. Well, well,
0: well, Witten tried that for a year, and it was an absolute dumpster fire.
2: <laughs> they just—they haven't been able to find that second guy since Madden. They've tried everybody. Like some of the names that were Monday Night Football guys are just scary. Tony Kornheiser. <laughs> yeah. How did that guy end up in a Monday Night Football booth? I don't know. And they, mind. for a while there, they, I, okay. Yeah, same here. And I liked Tarico. Yep. Um, but it just, I don't know. Testor and McFarlane never felt like they just, they didn't click. It wasn't that, for some reason, you get like, I've never been a Jim Nance guy, but him and Tony Romo, it, it, it works. And I mean, Romo steals a show, but, I've never been a Nance guy and Nance becomes tolerable with Roma in the booth where prior to that, like Nance and Phil Sims, I just, I couldn't back that. It just never did it for me. But overall, you you got
1: to block him on the end. You got to (laughs) block him.
2: And then, you know, he's one of those where you feel like he'd probably be an all right guy to have a beer with. (laughs) But listening to for three hours on Sunday, just sit there and ramble when he's going to kick it back to Jim Nance is just rough. So because of that, I I don't know. I I feel bad for the guys at ESPN because they have been looking for that second person in the booth for almost 20 years now. and They've struck out every time.
0: I would love to um, see that.
2: I almost thought for a second that he was a dark horse because you know when the topic comes up on his podcast everybody asks him you know how long before you get back in the booth um he always leaves the door open he never gives a hard no and then when you watch his xfl stuff exactly what you expected It was just top notch he made you care about things that you realize I guess, yeah, that's something entertaining. So he just, I mean, I would like to see a return because they always talk about Monday Night Football just being not even football, but a spectacle. And you look back at old Monday Night Football games where it's um, Cosell in the booth. And yeah, half the time, they're not even talking about the game. It's just random off-the-wall stuff. I think if you wanted to get that feel back, you would have to bring like a Pat McAfee in, who just seems like sometimes they have the attention span of a squirrel, but there's never a dull moment either. Especially so I would,
0: with, I would, with no fans actually happening, it's you're gonna need announcers that can like keep something going because there's gonna be such limited action outside of the actual game that you're gonna need to have something to talk about something to keep fans coming in and it's just like, who do you get?
2: I, that's the thing too. Is I don't, I don't envy the networks. And I don't envy the announcers right now because I saw a study. It was about 10 years ago. Um, NFL games consist of average telecasts about three hours and five minutes the amount of action in your average game on the field is about 11 minutes so you're filling two hours and 56 minutes granted you have commercial after every change of possession after every score after every two minute warning corner so you get a lot of those built in but you're still looking at filling a good hour 40 to two hours that's a lot so yeah because of that these announcers they're either going to out themselves as the best of the best or the worst of the worst, like right away. So the other thing too, is a lot of people can't go in a bar right now. So a lot of people are watching from home where if you're watching in a bar, you better like the local team or you're going to be watching the game on mute. So because of that, yeah, that's, that's going to be tough. I, I think as for the Raiders, uh, um, you play in a division where it's the chiefs to lose, so you start there. You probably look at the Chargers being in the basement. I just I don't see – I just don't think there's enough there to compete with the other three teams. I'd agree. And the Raiders. a lot of
0: Drew Locke MVP buzz, <laughs> mainly out on this podcast, but there's some buzz around it.
2: And the thing, too, is that'll be two, three. I think one way or another is Raiders and Broncos. Um, I think, yeah, when you look at the... A lot of people, it seems like even the voters confuse MVP with the best player. That's not at all the case. Uh, The MVP is the guy that team couldn't live without. And when you look at that... If Drew Locke doesn't have an incredible year last year, I don't know if the Broncos win three games. And he made them competitive all, I think, just about all 16 games. So um, I think you're looking at... in.
0: I was kind of doing the Drew Locke thing as a joke, but I think you just talked me into actually believing in Drew Locke being the MVP.
2: Well, it's going to be, that's the thing is, it's going to be the Raiders and Broncos for the 2-3 in the AFC West. Two is definitely going to make the playoffs. I think the AFC is just, I don't think there's enough there. I think there's, right now, there's a paradigm shift where I've kind of been used to the AFC being the conference with the 10-6 and six playoff uh, ticket not punched. Um, where, you know, like 2010, NFC West, you had a, what was it, a seven and nine Seahawks team make yeah. it to the NFC championship game. So
0: Panthers made the playoffs um, one year and they went like seven, eight, and one. And I'm a big, yes. big Panthers fan, but I'm just like I don't know if I can really get on board with that of them just kind of sneaking into the playoffs like and they weren't a good team I which think, was a thing. I think
2: yeah, I think that's the new AFC is you're going to have a lot of middle of the road teams. I think when it comes to the AFC West, you've got a really deep team now with the Raiders um, and the big question mark. That's, well, that's the thing now with Marietta on the uh, injured reserve. It's the question marks quarterback. You got the best linebacking crew you've probably had since Kirk Morrison and Thomas Howard in the mid 2000s but um and you like you like the secondary it's young but you're looking at a lot of guys like Jonathan Abram last year looked like he could really be somebody he got hurt week 1 but I've said this too I've watched a lot of guys albeit at the end of their careers but um, I've watched a lot of great safeties. I don't know if I've seen any fly around as fast as Abram did. I mean, he's just like he's one of those guys who's gonna be at the play, right or wrong. He's just he's gonna make a move. He's gonna go quick. So you got a big secondary too, and a physical one. Um, the line Max Crosby actually had. Better stats than uh, Bosa did last year. So you got a rookie year snub on D line. So I think the defense is as deep as it's been, probably 10, 12 years for sure. Um, Waller at tight end, I think he's top five.
0: Jason Witten.
2: Um, Jason Witten, you know he's going to get incorporated somehow. You know, week one, he's going to be in a pivotal play. The end on field um,
1: Coach, why'd you throw it to the two-by-four? Absolutely. That's Jason Witten.
2: <laughs> I remember when the Raiders had uh, Kalief Barnes for the longest time playing tackle, and he'd catch like a touchdown a year. It's good to see.
0: Well, that's, and then, that's probably more so, production than Jason
1: Witten's going to get. Ready to get into some Olympics of football movies? Let's do it. All right, so how it works is Matt will start if you have a disqualified, uh, didn't make it...
0: A movie you just hate.
1: Yep, you can certainly do that, and then we'll go in order of Matt, you, and myself. And then it's in ascending order, lost in metal, round, bronze, silver, gold. So, Matt, get it started. All right, I have a
0: couple did not qualifies. First one is not the movie, Rudy... But the guy, Rudy. Noted, I hate the guy, Rudy. Okay. I respect what he did, worked, but the movie is 100% not accurate. He was on the team, I guess, but every senior played on senior day. He was offsides when he got a sack. My next one
1: is the blind side. You don't like Tim McGraw? Uh,
0: he was the one
1: right spot of that movie. Okay. Did you have any didn't qualify? Yeah.
2: Didn't qualify. So this is just a movie we can't stand. A football movie you hate. A movie I hate. What's funny too is like people just assume I'm a big sports movie guy. More often than not, I hate most sports movies. So um, I
1: assumed you like sports movies. So great.
2: I like some, but that's that's the thing too, is I won't just automatically write it off. Um when I think of a football movie I just can't stand. They all kind of plateau, except for a few. There's a few that don't. I would say, in the way of movies, it's more so the shows. Like Friday Night Lights, the movie loved it. Friday Night Lights, the show didn't keep me for five minutes.
0: Yeah, was, I, was, I don't know what it was. It did not qualify. So have, it's it's tough with <coughs> football movies too, but yeah, we'll go to the Friday Night Lights, the show, which I
2: more decide. so that yeah, the movie is a different. Prince like bad football on a screen. That's Friday Night Lights to show.
1: I had two didn't qualifies. one is Concussion. Um, I think like the whole idea of the movie is great, but I just think the movie just sucked. The other one is The Game Plan that's with The Rock and just anything with The Rock. I don't like. That oh. I just—I didn't even think of that those one. Those. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't watch the game plan. Yeah. I just, you just assumed it sucked.
0: <laughs> That's what I thought about Ratatouille <laughs> until I found out that it's cinematic genius. All right, my loss in the middle okay. round. My fourth place. Little Giants, probably the first football movie you Ooh. ever
1: saw. I got so jazzed up when they got that fresh Cowboys gear. Yeah,
0: except for those are the bad guys. Oof. But I absolutely love the movie Little Giants. He beat him on Cherry Hill. The kid's definitely on steroids, and he's nine. Who do you have for your loss in the metal realm?
2: Through no fault of its own, I think the value, uh, the entertainment value of this movie has been so saturated by the amount of times it's been played on TNT and TBS. Got in the longest yard. I, I love the movie. Yeah I've heard But they play the saturated watered down
0: And I know I've heard from like movie fanatics That the old Longest Yard Is actually a better movie But the amount of one liners In the Adam Sandler one Is just makes it hilarious
2: Yeah I just and it's Which is a bummer because I think the movie is great But Incessantly playing TBS Every weekend is just like too much, and it's edited, so it's like a chopped up version of the movie anyway.
1: Jordan, who do you got? My Lost in the Metal Round, and this just goes to show how good of a list everybody can have here. Remember the Titans? I love it. Actually, I like yeah. it. I don't love it, I should say. Uh, you go back and you watch it, it still gives you goosebumps, but it's just a little lower on my list. A lot of characters there. Ryan Gosling, Absolute liability. Yeah, liability. Just a
0: terrible defensive back. (laughs) And his coat or his dad is just a
1: douche. Yeah, he's just a drunk. (laughs) He's taking him out.
0: Ghost. Ghost. He's getting beaten like a rented mule. (laughs) Get out of here, little girl. My bronze medal, varsity blues, all time varsity blues. Yeah, great movie. From everything from Tweeter to Miss Davis. Miss Davis. Billy Bob. <laughs> Coach just being an asshole.
1: Doesn't get any more better than that.
0: Paul Walker <coughs> being hurt almost authentically.
1: R. A. P. in peace. Wait, Paul Walker died? What's your bronze?
2: I'll, I'll go I'll go back to Friday Night Lights. Uh, the movie this time the I, I think fantastic. it's solid yeah it just like it's so depressing the end they <laughs> were like man this is just i i appreciate that it's not always a happy ending man that one i don't know it just kills you
0: wait is tim mcgraw in that one too
1: yeah he's the drunk dad
0: he's got range. yes he's got range.
1: he's <laughs> The thing about Friday Night Lights, it's like the Johnny Cash song, Hurt. It's fucking depressing as hell, but you'll still listen to it over and over. My bronze Bowl mm-hmm. Waterboy. Bobby Boucher coming back at halftime. Yeah. Bowl. Mm-hmm. You can't get any better than that. It's the bourbon bowl. Yeah, that's what I said.
0: Uh, also, underrated movie <laughs> character of... This millennium is, what is it, Farmer John or Farmer Joe, the assistant coach, who no one can
2: understand.
0: A.K.A.
2: (laughs) A.K.A. Ed Orgeron. (laughs) He knows how
0: to win. (laughs) Or the fact that they have to share helmets. Yeah. (laughs) My silver is Friday Night Lights, the movie. Nothing beats it. Okay. Well, one thing beat it, I guess, on my list. But the amount of, like, one-liners and just, like, people you remember, booby Miles, Mike Winchell, yep. Eric Chavez. Wait. Preacher? Preacher? Ivory Christian? All those guys. It's just, it's such a good movie. And for the longest time, I refused to watch the show because I liked the movie so much. But that's my silver medal. Who do you got as your silver, iron?
2: I'm going for this. You know, it falls victim to the same thing The Longest Yard does, but I think we're starting to distance ourselves from when it was going through the torture rack that The Longest Yard is where it just gets played every weekend. I'm going The Replacements, going off the beaten path a little bit.
0: I forgot about that movie. I don't know
2: why. That just said... Matt, one of our episodes... That movie just, just doesn't...
0: Jordan, I get drunk on every one of our
2: episodes, so it's not on me.
0: But I, Yeah,
2: I just... And I, I don't really... Yeah, I don't have a specific reason why that it just says this is one of the best, but that one just does it for me.
1: That's the beauty of Olympics. You really don't have to have a reason. It's your podium. There we go. My silver... And this list of Olympics of football movies is just like an orgy. Everybody's just crossing paths over here. Varsity Blues. I saw it when I was about six right when it came out. There was Boobies, Miss Davis, Billy Bob, and Concussions. What more do you want besides stealing a cop car and hitting somebody in the nuts with the bat for America's Hilarious Home Videos? Silver Round Varsity Blues.
0: All right, my gold medal, I went documentary, The U Part 2. Love it. I absolutely loved Whoa. The U Part 2. It had everything I wanted because that's like right when I started getting into college football was those Miami teams that were just absolute units that had guys that like you could have put them in the NFL and they would have competed. They had like 11 first-round yeah. draft picks on one team. It just unreal. They had guys that were coming <laughs> unbelievable. The, yeah, they had guys that were coming off the bench, sophomores or juniors, that ended up being all pros. But mm-hmm. the U part two, my gold medal, What you got Ren.
2: You know what? I'm going off the beaten path again. I think this one has gotten lost in the shuffle. I'm going more for the uh, comedic value. Of this one, the best of times, Kurt Russell and Robin Williams. That one, I don't know why, that one's just funniest football movie I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I
0: totally agree. I've never seen that or <laughs> heard of it. Never?
2: No, I, oh, I'm going Russell's. You got to see it. I'll
0: watch it. What is it, The Best of times. I
2: mean, this one predates, yep, this one predates Miracle by quite a bit. Like They're both fairly young in this movie. The <laughs> premise of the movie is... Uh, Kurt Russell's quarterback. Shocker. Robin Williams is a slot receiver. They're facing That's their true. inner city rival or inner county rival. And Russell throws a bomb to Williams. Williams' character drops the damn ball. Game on the line, drops it. He wants to replay the game. Eleven, I think it's 11 years later. And it goes about as you'd expect. It's Probably it's definitely the funniest football movie but I would say. That's my gold medal. Alright, my
1: gold medal. Friday night lights, the movie. As a high school football player myself. Yeah. It uh as you said, it sucked to watch. It's super depressing. Uh we're gonna you know, break it to anybody who hasn't seen it. They lose to Carter in the championship and it tears your heart out. Um, I mean, I remember the last plays of my junior year, <laughs> senior year football season, and I cried like a little bitch. So, well, uh, I silver get it.
0: silver lining that Carter High School because it's based on a true story got investigated for a whole bunch of fraud and recruiting and paying people. So,
1: yeah, well, they kicked Michael Mike Winchell's helmet at his face and made him bleed.
0: Yeah, but their coach was always sucking on a sucker, and they would just
1: yeah. Wind the clock. Yep, yeah, wind the clock. Go for two. Mike Winchell, Chad Billingsley, I'm not going to say him again, Tim McGraw. Thoughts and prayers, T's and P's to gender
0: reveals this week. What in the hell's diversity? couple in California decided to do a firework gender reveal and accidentally burned 47,000 acres. Good for you. Bad for gender reveals. What's next? Blowing up a condo building?
1: Nobody knows. Yeah, congrats on the sex. What do you think they name the kid? Can I just... I don't know. It better not be Ross Stripling because Ross Stripling had a pregnancy announcement on Twitter. I don't know if you saw this, Matt. Here is the tweet by Ross Stripling. He's a pitcher for the Doyers, I think. The chicken strips are adding a nugget to the combo In late February. Excited to finally share the news. Hashtag baby chicken strip. He is holding a picture of the ultrasound in a Chick-fil-A cup. While his wife is holding waffle fries. So the caption says the chicken strips are adding a nugget to the goddamn combo in February. And she's holding fucking waffle (laughs) fries. Thoughts and prayers to my fucking patients on Twitter anymore. Jesus fucking Christ striplings. (laughs) The chicken you did a Chick Fil A pregnancy announcement, and you don't even have any fucking chicken in it. It's waffle fries. God damn it! Thoughts and prayers.
0: <laughs> you know what? That might be worse than the people burning down forty seven thousand acres of land.
1: Yeah, don't do a Chick Fil A fucking pregnancy announcement. It's not that hard. God damn it! Why am I heated? Hashtag trick and chicken strip baby. Yeah, hashtag baby chicken strip, and it's a waffle fry. Are you fucking stupid or just dense? Speaking of food, thoughts and
0: prayers to Fuddruckers. Fuddruckers was a victim of this pandemic. They closed their doors for good.
1: Love, red fuckers. (laughs) I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I'm sick and tired of people posting, looking for, in quotes, ads on platforms Let's sell the shit they're looking for. Just fucking look in the spot that you posted you're looking for. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. Don't be a lazy pile of shit. I'm hot. Thoughts and prayers. We might need to stop this segment for my blood pressure.
0: Well, this will get you going even more. Thoughts and prayers to Dr. Dre. I don't know if you read or heard about this, but his wife is filing for divorce and is asking for $2.5 million a month in expenses. Here is her expenses per month. Chronic. Laundry and cleaning, $10,000 a month. Clothes, $135,000 a month. Education, $60,000 a month. I bet this person claims they're oppressed too. (laughs) Entertainment, $900,000 a month. That's a lot of Bushlight.
1: Uh-oh. Matt is angrily
0: chugging Bushlight. Oh, but it gets better. Charitable contributions 125,000. Oh, thank
1: God the charitable contributions don't quite match the clothing fund.
0: Mortgage $100,000 a month. You know what kind of house you can get for $100,000 a month? The country of Switzerland. Telephone, cell phone, email. a month. Isn't email free? Apparently not. It's $20,000 a month.
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ. What is wrong with people?
0: If you're you're paying more than like $150 for your cell phone a month, just... (laughs) Go ahead and park your garage in the car and shut the garage door (laughs) because you
1: should die. (laughs) Park your garage in the car and (laughs) call it a day. Pack it in. Matt, have you seen, and I know you have because you posted it on Twitter, the Max Preps punter video? To give our listeners a visual, it is what level of football would you say it is? Like junior varsity?
0: I don't know. (laughs) You would say junior high. It's like nine-year-olds. Okay,
1: nine-year-olds.
0: Where the punter is also the quarterback, best defensive linebacker.
1: I'm going to go ahead. It's middle school. It's middle school football, muddy as shit. It's the mud bowl. This team is punting. The punter fumbles the ball and out of panic picks it up and just starts running on fourth down. The return guy or whoever it was, half his size, meets him and gets absolutely tea-kettled. And I've never laughed harder at a video in the last week. So yeah, it's good to see a punter thriving these days is, is all I'm trying to say.
0: Speaking of contact sports, Ts and P's to Novak Djokovic because apparently when you hit a ball away that you don't want and it accidentally hits some lady in the throat, and the lines official can't go on, you get kicked out of the US Open. There goes millions of dollars. All because this lady has the reaction time of a drunk baby, and tennis balls don't hurt that bad. You have to get carded off a tennis court.
1: The funny thing is, obviously, with no fans, there was nobody there besides all those judges. She happened to be standing at the one bad spot to not be standing.
0: It's literally a scene out of Seven Days in Hell, HBO mockumentary. He kills a linesman with his serve. He gets to keep playing. The dude murdered someone. Gets to keep playing. Djokovic discards a ball broke a rake and was placing it back in the woods to be with his family.
1: Yeah, it's just interesting to see after everything that's gone on and how hard all these different sports organizations have worked to get the sports back. Very interesting to see how easy they have been canceling sports lately. So a lot of hard work going in there. Why did that happen? have to happen where they called the match? It's just unnecessary. They worked so hard to get tennis back and, and then this happens? Come on. Give me a fucking break.
0: All right. New segment alert. We are in the first week of mini helmet fantasy football. Here is how it works. We have all 32 teams in a Dr. Seuss like hat that you draw out of in the form of mini helmets. And we bought football helmets for all 32 teams and How it's going to work is we take turns drawing. I will go first because I am better than Jordan. And I will draw first. It'll be quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and then a flex, which can be anything but a quarterback. How we're going to score it is our quarterbacks will play against each other. If you score more points, you get a point that week. Loser, we're going to drink some alcohol, which is really shocking for us, but let's get into it. Uh, Dig deep down in here. My quarterback, Houston
1: Texans, Deshaun Watson. So Matt and I will alternate. I am now picking my team for quarterback. I have the 49ers. Take Jimmy Garoppolo. My running back will be
0: LeGarretz Blunts. Tampa Bay. What? Garrett Blount.
1: For Tampa Bay?
0: Yeah. He signed there. Who else would I go with? Ronald Brown? Or whatever the fuck his name is.
1: I don't know. Leonard Fournette, maybe? Oh, didn't I say that? You said Laguerre Blunt and I am sticking to it. All right. Did you write it down?
0: Yeah, I wrote down Blunt.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. You get Legarrett Blunt for Tampa Bay running back. I'll still beat you. Alright, I am now picking for running back after Matt picked a guy who doesn't even play for the team. <laughs> I think Legarrett Blunt's in prison. My running back, I got Marshall Falk. <laughs> I got the Colts. I'm gonna go with uh rookie debut. I'm gonna go with Jonathan Taylor? Jonathan Taylor. My
0: wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, give me Cortland Sutton. Solid pick. Not as good as my last one.
1: My wide receiver from the Lions, Calvin Johnson. My wide receiver pick, I'm going to go with Marvin Jones Jr., MJ Squared. My tight
0: end for your Washington football team. I have no fucking clue who their tight end is. I think Jordan Reed abruptly retired. Vernon Davis died. Give me fucking Logan Thomas.
1: For my tight end pick, got the Ravens. I will take Mark Andrews. My Flex Bengals, I will take Joe Mixon. And for the final pick in the debut of Mini Helmet Fantasy Football, a No Brains No Headache podcast, my Flex I drew the Dallas Cowboys, and I will go with Ezekiel Elliott. Who is your running back? Jonathan Taylor. Who was your running back? Garrett Blunt. All right, we will keep you posted next week and see who loses and has to take a shot from the bucket of shooters.
2: Because that's the thing, too. When you don't have training camp, you don't have the beat riders that will say, they kind of tip off. Like, yeah, you know, if you're following some of them, I'm like, this guy's going to be cut. And you're like, no way, no way. Then he ends up being cut. And then it's kind of like... Two days later, some some story will pop up. Like, yeah, you got in a fist fight at the hotel lobby with the starting quarterbacks. It's like, yeah, we can't have this. So, I think size wise, though, you see the blueprint with Edwards. Um, Rugs is going to be your speed guy. Renfro put on some weight, which I said the only thing stopping Renfro from being Clemson Renfro is weight. See, he was just, he's just—he's too small. Yeah, like last year, he broke his ribs. He missed, I think, all but six games. He's like a he less super af- productive.
0: Yeah, he's like a less athletic, less good-looking Julian Edelman. The poor man's yes. Julian Edelman.
2: Yes. Um, and the only, but the only difference, big, uh, that shows up between those two is um, size. Same thing. Because Renfro, it's it's not so much that he needs to be bigger in the way of, like, making plays, shedding tackles. It's that, you know, there's a reason guys 160 pounds didn't survive long in the NFL. And you know, they just they can't take the hits the way somebody 220, 230 can. Um, and not that he was 160, but you see a lot of these smaller guys that just can't stay healthy. It's, it's almost like inverted of baseball where – Like Aaron Judge, one of the best in the league, bar none, across the board, one of the best fielders, throwers, runners, hitters, everything. But just so big that he just he struggles to stay healthy. And football, you see the opposite, where it's like it's almost like an unwritten like size requirement. It's like yeah, you can be small, but you're gonna take some hits, and I don't know if you'll be able to weather them the same way. Guy's 20 pounds heavier, Will. And same thing, you know, Renfro, he put on, I think I heard it was like 10 pounds. It's like 5 to 10. So it should help. But I think overall, the offense is going to come down to Josh Jacobs. Um, I think you look at, like I said, you look at like the Broncos and Raiders at 2-3. And uh you're looking at a deep team with a question mark at quarterback versus a thinner team with a question mark at uh, everywhere else. Especially now, apparently Von Miller could be done for the year as of a couple hours ago. Well,
0: he and, said he didn't recover well from having COVID, and he said he can't get back to 100% or something like that.
2: He, It was something happened in practice today. Um, they said they fear he could be done for the year. MRI tomorrow morning will tell the tale. So they didn't really give any details. Same thing there. Beat Rider would have leaked that in 30 seconds. Like, Yeah, I saw him twist his ankle and never got up or something. But right now, it's like there's such limited access um, just across all the teams in the league and Part of it too is uh, most of these teams practice indoors now. So you can put up a fence, but unless the fence is lined, people can still show up and watch from across the street. Where now you get a lot of teams that practice indoors, and you know, the doors closed, you're not seeing anything, and teams not going to come out and get all excited about announcing a star player getting hurt possibly for the year. Or so you get a, you miss a lot of that stuff. So. I think if anything, it adds to the entertainment value. Um, You're going to have a lot of question marks that you won't really see until, like, game time. Um, The injury reports will be a lot more of a mystery than they've ever been. So I think that, too, will be fun. So, like, there'll be a lot of guys that end up being game time decisions that wouldn't necessarily be. Um, Just because you, you don't hear anything up until the day of the game. So I think that'll be, that'll be fun to watch too.
1: Yeah. I think your assessment of the AFC West is pretty spot on and yeah, Von Miller's out. That'll be a huge loss for the Broncos. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about front office of the Raiders. Have you ever met the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders? Mark Davis.
2: Yes, um, met him in Atlanta in 2012, like the nicest guy worth the net worth over six figures I've ever met. Um, so that's why it's, it uh, can be really frustrating for Raider fans that loved that the Raiders were in Oakland, um, just because he's, love him or hate him, he's done a lot of stuff, that would definitely be received as slap in the face. Um, 2016, when they were still in negotiations over a new stadium, uh, he sent the game ball. It was from a game early in the year that they won on like a last second play to the mayor of Vegas. In the middle of negotiating a stadium, still in Oakland, while trying to play the card, no, we're not going anywhere still. And I, I mean, I get overall where he's coming from, but he's um, he, he's he's done a lot of stuff that can be received as frustrating and slap in the face like not to fans haircut. See, and then you meet him, and you think like the first thing I'm going to say is I'm going to say something about his hair. He's just he's going to have to like it. And then you meet him and you're like, no, I'm. Oh, I'm an God. awful human being. Yes. Yeah. Cause he's just, bad. he's too nice. Yeah. You are you know, like, he, I wish this guy was a, just like even a little bit more of an attitude so I could just let it rip. But then you meet him and you're like, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like had, to think of myself as a decent human being, at least.
1: <laughs> yeah. I had a buddy who was down in Vegas a couple of years ago. So I'm sure Mark was there. Uh, dealing, dealing, yep. and dealing, or whatever. But he met him. You know, they're all drunk in Vegas, and they went up and said hi. And yeah, they said he was the nicest guy ever. And they also mentioned he had a flip phone, so he's a man of the people, in my opinion. He he,
2: he has a flip phone, and he drives drives a van, if I remember right. He's like a yes, like a really. It's something really modest. I'll, I'll put it that way and be diplomatic. Said um, an Astro, a
0: 97 wood panel van with, with over
2: It's not wood panel. <laughs> I don't think, the thing is, I don't think he drives very much. Cause like every time I've ever seen him or heard about him, somebody's driving him around, but I think his actual car is a van. And, uh, well, the thing, too, I, I'm not shocked you saw him in Vegas before in lockdown and all that. Um, during the offseason, if you look behind the Knights net, only guy in the white collared shirt or the white turtleneck shirt is, you know who, row one right behind the net. So easy to spot, too. He's like the Marlins man of Vegas games is <laughs> just like you just got to look row one behind the net right behind the net first seat there he is so i've, I've met him he's he's nice as can be uh, that's i mean yeah you want to say bad things about him but like especially the hair but you just you meet him and you're like if i if i find it in myself to say something about this guy's hair right now when he's this nice i don't know if i'm a decent human being anymore it's just It's
0: awful. Sponsored
1: by great clips. That's going to do it for our show this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to Scar for joining us. Good luck to him and the Las Vegas Raiders this upcoming season. Follow us on Spotify and subscribe on Apple. If you really feel like rating and reviewing us, we'd really appreciate it. And check out our social media. We have Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Looking forward to next week, we have what may be our most interesting guest yet. All I'm going to say is he is a member of the men's bobsled team for the United States of America, so tune in for that. Enjoy your football this weekend, and for God's sakes, take care of each other. Skull Vikes, God bless.